3: everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host Julie and each Thursday we are having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Before we begin, I wanted to take the time to wish you a very happy new year as this is the first episode of 2022. May you be well and healthy, find balance, as well as which whatever definition of success resonates with you at the moment. If you follow The Bubbling Adventure on Instagram, which you absolutely should, you would have seen a recap post about 2021. So thank you so much for the tremendous support last year. You have been incredible. And I'm very excited to get back in the normal rhythm of one episode per week every Thursday. And as usual, if you have any suggestions in terms of subjects to talk about or guests that I should be spending time with, please let me know. Today, our special guest is Jade, who is an infant and child sleep consultant. And she tells us everything we need to know about sleeping patterns. We talk about the potential triggers to sleeping issues, learn about the best environment to put in place, how to find gentle solutions. Jade also explains that contrary to what we might be thinking, overtiredness can build up and actually prevent kids from sleeping. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. Spotify has a new feature where you can also leave 5 stars. It literally takes 2 seconds and it would make me super happy and be very helpful. But now that it's said and you all went and like and subscribe, let's begin! Hi, Jade. How are you today?
4: Hi, Julie. I'm um, really good. Thank you. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience?
4: Absolutely. So, my name's Jade. I am an infant and child sleep consultant, which means a variety of different things in terms of supporting families throughout sleep challenges and being that person to help find solutions for their little ones, give support, give advice. And I do that with families day in, day out. And it's job satisfaction like no other.
2: That's amazing. And Could you please tell us a bit more about how and why you decided to become a sleep specialist?
4: Absolutely. So I am a mother of two. My eldest is five years old. My youngest, mm-hmm. she's 15 months. And when my first son was born... He, As a first-time parent and with a husband who worked away an awful lot, I think I became very much, very passionate about his sleep. I really took that time to get to know his sleep, his sleep patterns to understand what he needed through the day. I don't know if part of that was on survival mode when you're on your own, you know, to be able to do that. Back then I'd never heard of sleep specialists or anyone who was able to sort of give me that in-depth support you know and to help find out his sleep patterns the best environments and you know things for him best approaches for him to help his sleep and it's something that I did lots and lots of research on back then where I knew the right environments to help him sleep I want to know why in different environments you know that he maybe didn't sleep quite so well and at different times of the day and I just got to this whole different level of understanding the sort of psychology around sleep and understanding his needs. And he is, he's a fantastic little sleeper. He's such a, a cuddly little boy. And um I thought it was really important to sort of take that time to figure out what suited his needs best as well. So from then, um, fast forward a couple of years, my nephew was born and he suffered with reflux for those who don't know what reflux is so reflux is often to it can stem from various different things from tongue ties and digestive systems digestive reflux is very much Mm -hmm. more about having that valve in your stomach that digests the acid in in your tummies and you either find silent reflux or there's physical reflux where that's obviously more sickness and he got to about eight months of age and my sister had spoke to a sleep specialist at that point and it was her who managed to give some amazing golden nugget advice on foods that triggered that reflux that would impact his sleep and it worked so so well and I think when it comes to reflux and babies that young you know when they're crying out in discomfort in the night and we try everything to try and help that pain. And we don't know where it's coming from and you think it's teething or you think it's something else. And actually, cause it's not physical, it's really hard to diagnose. And it made the world difference to my nephew. So when my daughter was born, she had severe reflux and we went through the similar sort of motions. And despite seeking out advice from different professionals, health professionals and pediatricians, they couldn't give us that advice about winning how that would impact her sleep. But I remembered what my sister had went through with my nephew and we went through those similar steps, you know, with her diet and management and her sleep completely, completely changed and that discomfort cries that she was waking up with were no longer there. And it made me just value so much that tiny little bit of advice the sleep specialist had changed both of our families and both of our kids. If We never known that because we never got that advice from anybody else our babies would have been in pain for so much longer and we would never have known why.
2: And you Um, as well, right? Because obviously if your baby's in pain, you're, you know, wondering what's going on. It's really adding stress on the whole like family. You cannot sleep well. So, you know, you're not functioning well either. So it's a bit of a vicious circle for sure. So it's, it's not only helping your kid, it's helping the whole family unit.
4: Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And when you still have to be up in the mornings for school runs with the eldest and that sort of thing, it's, um, yes, it, it it can be so debilitating, that lack of sleep in families. And it affects the whole families as well, you know. If you find that discomfort through the night, it unsettles your other children and siblings. And it does. It affects the whole family. And right enough, she she thrived on just tiny little changes and she had you you know all kids they want to they want to be able to sleep and it can be really challenging as to know what that's how we can help our little ones learn that aspect of sleep because they all are also very different and it just really inspired me to be able to go out and even if it's little tiny bits of information and golden nugget stuff that can help a family sleep not necessarily with reflux you know that was just one example but anything that can just help those little ones and those families really inspired me to go and learn a bit more so I threw myself into studying then um, I wrote my maternity leave and the children and decided to leave my day job and do this full-time what was your day job out of curiosity uh, I worked in IT very, okay very so yeah exactly nothing to do with children. Nothing to do with this so as a sort of background about me I, I'm a very people person I have always thrived working with others you know I love that face-to-face contact I love chatting with other people it's the aspects of a lot of jobs that I've had in the past that um, I've always loved most I've done Training jobs, and I love that being able to support other people. I love that support role. And my old job just was not giving me that anymore. It, there wasn't that sort of support factor or being able to help guide others, or there wasn't any of that at all left. So, this was an opportunity to bring that person back out of me again. So, yes, yeah, so I threw myself in, and it's been a fantastic, fantastic learning journey. And so, what I do that's a little bit different. As I sort of briefly touched on, all children are very, very different in the realms of sleep, and that's because we are all very different people. Nobody has nobody learns the same at school, do you know. Some of us are very visual learners. Some of us, do you know, we learn by repetition. Some of us learn in loads of different ways, and that's because we have very different personality traits. We all have very different temperaments, and so when it comes to helping our babies learn how to sleep they learn very very differently as well different personality types you know you get really easy going personality types that you know can take to changes quite well and you've got other very very alert personality types who are very stimulated you know, very easily and so what I do is I take a bit of time to understand the child and you know what they're like as a little person so that we can identify where the challenges are and we can find really gentle solutions that can help those those little ones. And when you find something that suits that child specifically and just that little bit of encouragement can just make the world a difference. I'm very, very passionate about, you know, very gentle encouragement with kids. I have two kids of my own, so as a parent, We know that we don't want to cause upset in our children. You know, it's an awful thing to hear. And so I practice very gentle solutions to be able to try and encourage that better sleep. And with little ones, it can be more sleep shaping and helping with those environments and solutions to help find something that works for them.
2: That sounds amazing. And I actually hear a lot also of women who start their business after having their baby. Do you think there's like something about this transition into motherhood that sort of like changes things for you or, you know, for example, if you were already feeling a bit like tired of your old job, do you think it's just uh, intensified with uh, having to rest and take care of the baby or for you, was it just, uh, you know, learning more about babies that made you, just like gave you an idea?
4: Oh, Absolutely you know even from when my son was born you could you can tell when you become a mother that your whole dynamic changes your whole way and how you think about the rest of the world changes Truth be told you know from you go to one point of sitting in your workplace and you're so involved and everything that goes on and then you come back after you've had your little one and your perspective is completely, completely different. You know, when you're juggling home life, work life, and all oh, everything in between, all, uh, quite often a lot of the little petty things that used to really get to you in the workplace, you're like, this is, you know, it, it just completely changes your mindset around it. And obviously, your, the dynamic at home changes. You know, you've got a little one to be there for if they're off sick of nursery having that flexibility with your little one is absolutely key so for me my husband works away I am the single consistent person in my kids lives so being there for them is my biggest priority you know while still working you know I've always been huge on work and truth be told I can't sit down for very long either you know I always when I'm very, very passionate about something I do, I give it my all and I'm very determined and motivated and I love to be able to work. But having something that works around my kids is a huge, huge motivator for me. You know, I help families when my kids sleep at night. I have set days, you know, where I work like a normal nine to five job essentially, but this is what I do and I do it from home. And not only that, you know even when I was studying I learned so much so much that I could implement in my own children's sleep you know but just being able to give little bits of advice to people along the way is is invaluable and given that longer term support and seeing transformations in families uh, as I said before it's a job satisfaction like no other but yes I have to completely agree when your life and dynamics change once you've had children your whole priorities change Not to say for everybody, you know, I think everyone can be slightly different. You know, some people still really want to be able to go back to that job that they loved and it's demanding and they love that. And I think that's fantastic. For me personally, it became more about I needed to one, do something for me because I'm miserable job. (laughs) I needed Mm -hmm. something that I knew was going to help other people and that I could work around the kids. I could still be there on the school runs. You know, I can still take my kids to school every day. And that's that's huge for me. So. No,
2: that completely makes sense, um, and it's good that you you sound like you really found your your balance for your family, which is good to hear. But could you please tell us a little bit more about the process? How long did it take you to learn, and you know before you were able to practice? What type of training is it?
4: How does everything work, basically? So I trained through. Oh, it's a completely wonderful wonderful company called the the Sleep Nanny Academy and they're fantastic the owner Lucy she is so very passionate about what what she does and I threw myself into online study but there was weekly training classes and it was invaluable I got sort of practice experience with families you know as part of the exams and all that kind of thing where I took on families and it was amazing to see the progress in such a little space of time, you know, where you've taken a family from such a place of pain to a completely different situation. And you know, sleep's happening, everyone's so happy, the baby's contented, and it was incredible experience. And so I studied, I'd say probably just shy of six months. And my plan, truth be told, was to sort of delay proper practice. So I got all my insurances and everything and everything was all in place and my qualifications were all there. Um, until my son started school. And then actually, things snowballed very, very, very fast uh, throughout school holidays, the last couple of weeks of school holidays. I was going to kind of delay things until he was at school and it gave me a bit more focused time because I wanted the summer holidays for the kids. But it, it came on very, very thick and fast. And I did, I, I had to start a little bit early. <laughs> and it's been incredible ever since. So, yeah, that was the sort of student um, I worked with. And yeah, every first few. Um, families that I work with with different experiences and it's just been incredible and so I find that by taking a bit of extra time with the families to really get to know the children and it is all very online it's face-to-face do you know I work from home I think some people think what I do as a sleep specialist is very much more in-house and that's not the case do you know I don't do home visits and things like that one because a huge a huge part of what I do is mindset with parents as well
2: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
1: achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
4: Wellness and mindset has been a big passion of mine for many, many years something I've worked on myself daily and it's really hard to I think realize the importance of it when you are in the middle of parenthood you know we forget about ourselves an awful lot we don't take that time to sort of actually get our mindset and our brain the best way we need it to be to help our kids every day and it's so easy to lose so huge- I've heard that before
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's true because obviously when you spend so much time taking care of someone else it's like you forget about your own person and yeah. you're not the priority so your needs come you know second or last in many many situations and this is normal but is it sustainable
4: yeah it depends <laughs> And And I think our whole well-being can shift, our mindsets shift because we're so exhausted as well that we just almost accept defeat, you know, and we just power on, we just do what we need to do every day. And so a big thing of what I do is that sort of mindset around parenting sleep. By doing this online, you know, I get um, face-to-face calls with families. It helps me to give bespoke solutions whether what ones I work through that with them, I support them every step of the way, but they also get that confidence in themselves because if somebody was just coming to your home and say, oh, your baby for you, it isn't going to teach anybody anything, you know? So I'm really, really big on that. And that's, um, yeah, that's essentially what, what I do. And I help try and encourage the sort of the science behind the sleep and explain why these things might be happening why the challenges are there and what could be going on and to give that background and that education around sleep with families as well because there's so much that we just we don't know and realize when it comes to our baby sleep so i think that's really important
2: Mm, that makes sense and so for the people listening now what are some easy steps they can take if their child is struggling to sleep? What, you know, what's the first thing they can do?
4: The well, first thing I would say is look at your sleep environment. Do you know if that is obviously our temperatures have to be consistent, it has to be a safe environment, dark, calm, comfortable. Uh, a lot of families tend to use night lights. I would say if you've got night lights in your baby's room, blues, whites, they sh- sort of colors tend to hinder the melatonin production in deep sleep and can really affect babies being able to get into a very, very, very deep sleep. If you feel that you want night lights in your little one's room, I would try amber, red lights because they don't hinder that melatonin production. Little things like that can make a huge difference. Sleep bags for consistent temperatures and look at that sleep environment first. Second thing I would look at is probably day sleep and overtiredness. Ninety-nine point nine percent of families I talk to, there's always an aspect of overtiredness in there, and it's about knowing how much day sleep your baby really needs. Um, Sleep breeds more sleep, and it goes against our parent instinct of giving our little ones more daily sleep to encourage better night sleep, because instinctively I think we go well less sleep. They sleep less through the day; they'll just sleep more at night, and that is. Mm. Almost never the case until they get much older. (laughs) Um, And so you'll know if overtiredness is present if you get, they fight their naps consistently because what overtiredness is, it's very much, you know, yourself, even as an adult, you know, we're so exhausted and then we get that second wind that sees us through till sleep. And it's like we just become so much more wired after that. And that's the cortisol running through our bodies to keep us going even if we're so past exhausted, and, and little ones, it's exactly the same. So you'll find, and then it looks also like it's under tiredness. It looks like they're just not tired anymore. So we go, ah, they're not tired, and, and overtiredness builds up. And when overtiredness builds up over the length of time, their sleep time essentially becomes deplete, and they're just running on empty. And so overtiredness gets even worse, and we need to work up more sleep to help that. So you'll know if overtiredness is present because you'll, they will fight the naps. The naps are much shorter than they should be. Bedtimes become very stressful. They become a battle, almost bedtime battles, mostly overtiredness again. Early rising. So if your little ones waking up before six a.m. every day, or that sort, of between four or five, half five in the morning, chances are it's a of Their behavior through the day can become very irrational. The same as in parents, when we are so sleep deprived, we are so irrational through the day, our emotions are at peak and that's to do with the chimp side of our brain. And when we are so exhausted and we're depleted of sleep and babies are the same, the chimp part of our brain, you can you can look up a lot of the studies, it's called the chimp paradox, overtakes our human rational side of our brain. So that human rational side that we need to be able to rationalize our thoughts and our actions becomes completely overwritten with the chimp side so we become much more irrational little ones especially just cannot control their emotions whatsoever you'll see that behavior through the day where they are so frustrated and yeah that is overtiredness. and i would say work on building up that day sleep shortening the times between one sleep to the next earlier bedtimes other simple things that you can do have a look at what How does your baby fall asleep? How are they settled at night? Do they have a very strong sleep onset association? So that could be that every time they wake, they seek for something that they had to fall asleep with, whether that be a dummy feeding to sleep, rocking to sleep, cuddling to sleep, as you'll find with little ones, because they they just don't know how to sleep without that. You know, So every time they wake, they need that same comfort that they had to fall asleep with and babies as young as four months have that cognitive ability to sense that difference when they wake up. Before then, not so much. You know, you could cuddle your baby sleep, you put them down. They're probably not waking back up for that sort of reason. But after about the four-month mark, you find that they are very much aware if they've fallen asleep in the living room and they wake up in their bed, that's a huge change for them. You know, and how we find a way to be able to gently encourage that and wean them off the need of one association to find that more peaceful environment than the one that they wake up in. So I would have a look at that. Also explore, are they going through a development leap? Leaps happen, it's around four months, six months, 10 months, 12 months, 18 months, two years and three years. And development leaps will look very much like extremely disturbed sleep that are waiting for very long periods in the middle of the night. Often happens when they're about to start showing off a new skill, they're going through huge development changes and it impacts the sleep massively. They could be fighting naps for that reason. So, if they've been a consistently great sleeper and all of a sudden these things happen, chances are it's, it's a development leap and it will pass. Do you know? Keep consistent. you know? Within a couple of weeks, um, I would say the more consistent you can be throughout that time, the quicker it'll go and then it passes. And it's very, very hard and your sleep will be at minimum. But then you see them showing off all these nice new skills that they've learned through the sleep, and it makes it worthwhile. Because then they start taking their first steps, and you go, "Oh, sleepless nights were so worth it." But yes, these are—it's more of a temporary. So, longer-term sleep challenges may also be in toddlers. So, they find the freedom because they've moved from a cot to a bed. They are very good at pushing boundaries and procrastination, you know, at bedtime, no, one more story, oh, I need to go back to the toilet, or do you know, what day is it tomorrow? My nursery tomorrow, or you know, all these kind of things. And they'll do whatever they can to keep you there. So I would say with toddlers, have a look at your routine and your boundaries. The reason why they often try and push boundaries as well is because they kind of want us to be true to our word and that security. You know that they've got those boundaries with us. So when you say one more story, you keep it to one story because as soon as they keep going on and on and on, and then we give in, they learn, they just go on and on and on, we'll give in again. And it's just about keep keeping those boundaries with them so that they know the rhythm, keep it very consistent. Babies do love routine, they do love that rhythmic approach because they know what's coming next. Are they also under two and a half and in a bed? I made the same mistake with my son where I moved him into his bed after a series of night terrors and he's caught when he just before he turned two with a guard up and he slept great and it's fantastic. And then a couple of weeks or months often pass and they learn that they can get out and they don't have yet the cognitive ability to know how to stay in bed. You know, not until they're nearer about two and a half mark. So have a look at that. If you're thinking about moving your little one under two and a half, I would probably advise to keep them in the cot as long as possible. Because then you're going to bring on another challenge, very, very likely, even if it's not immediate. I see it an awful lot. Mm, so that's that's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I see it all the time. And I did it myself. And I can hands up say that encourage them to stay in the cot that little bit longer, unless it obviously becomes more of a safety issue, you know, where they're starting to climb out the cot. And, you know, that pose these safety issues then I would try and encourage it as long as you can because they don't cognitively have that ability to understand the concept of staying in bed at all um, until they're about two and a half so so they would be my first big things to think about as parents so your environments their day sleep encouraging that day sleep more over time like I said affects at least 99% of people that I work with and look at those things see if it's something that can be managed with the naps or is there a way in the approach that they may be waking frequently for something else. Obviously, a lot of babies don't give up night feeds until they're near six months old, you know. So there's always going to be an element of feeding as well up until that point. So, one thing that I do encourage with parents is doing dream feeds at that sort of 10, 11 o'clock mark. It helps us know that they've got full tummy. So, if they wake shortly after, then we know it's something else we can name up as well. You know, it might not necessarily be hunger, and it helps us also make sure the quantity that they're getting through the night and, you know, being able to give that pop up for a little once, but also helps us assess any other reasons why they might be waking up frequently and we can respond and, you know, act on that accordingly. So they'll probably be my biggest things to think about in mm. first instinct if you're having sleep challenges.
2: Yeah. So how how does it work? Like, do you have a number of sessions, for example, where you're just like trying different things? How does it work to like
4: get Quite. what I tend to do so if somebody's approached me with certain sleep challenges what I do is we get a really quick chat in to discuss it all so I can get a little bit more details find out a little bit more about them and what I do is I send some assessment forms now they only take around 10 minutes to fill in but the information in there is really valuable so that goes into a lot of bits of the history about the little ones you know and their current routines and their personalities their temperament traits so that I can go away and I do a huge assessment based on that, where I can sort of really identify which areas to work on. I can identify their personality type, you know, their temperaments, what sort of gentle solution is best for that particular child. And so I go away, I draft up a sort of sleep plan and I have a consultation with the families. We talk the whole way through it and... I discuss with them the steps forward. It's very clear steps. Okay, this is on night one. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to progress. And it's very slight, subtle changes that we make over the course of a week or two to get to that better sleep. And I never take normally not longer than two weeks to get from that, that place of pain to that sort of place of pleasure, if you like, you know where things have done a massive improvement. And what I do after we have that big consultation, I tell them all about the plan and how we're going to go through it as we catch up every couple of days and see how things are going it's also more that so that I can see how the little ones responding do we need to tweak anything do we need to change things can we just you know and do that sort of support level as well and just progress and support the families throughout because you normally find if you're making subtle changes that some little ones are very very wise and they pick up on it very easily you know so the first couple of nights might be a bit you know they can be a little bit confused with that and just being able to talk them through that give reassurance and yeah and then we go through that bespoke solution for that child how we're going to implement it and we implement it together over the space of a week or two and then that's what I do.
2: Mm, That's amazing to see like that you know immediate results and I can only imagine how people reaching out to you must be like, please, <laughs> you know, like we really need help now. So it's good that, you know, you don't have to just like wait weeks and weeks and that uh, you, you have some instant relief pretty much. So that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. amazing. Is there any last advice that you would like to share?
4: Any last advice? So I, do you know what? I would say more open strategies. Don't, I think I speak to so many families who feel, guilty that their babies don't sleep please do not feel an ounce of guilt if you're having sleep challenges at home as I said at the start babies learn very differently they learn skills very differently and it's just about finding that right way to help them learn you know and that's very difficult to do what I have learned throughout all of my sleep journey is that so much so many aspects to do with our little one's sleep go completely against our parental instincts you know, they're the complete opposite of what we think to do as parents. And so it's not easy. But there's no guilt in here. There's no blame game. And, you know, seek advice and help. Don't feel like anybody has to sit and suffer alone because the detrimental effect for parents when they lose sleep is huge when they lose that inability to function. You know, even seek help from families, you know, accept help when it's offered. Seek advice make that little bit of time for that space for yourself to know to get a bit clarity on the situation take that breather when you need it and yeah I think it's more about coping as parents I think it's a huge part Uh, yeah that's great advice
2: that's great advice and as we said before you know because it's impacting everyone you kind of like want to get help and support as soon as possible so that Your baby is able to get uh, their development you know on point and not being held up by lack of sleep or you know it's true it's it's really impacting everyone so thank you so so much Jade for sharing all of your expertise we'll leave all your links in the description below so that everyone at home can check it out as well as everything that we talked about so thank you again so much
4: for everything You are so very welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been an absolute pleasure.
3: Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. (laughs)